0: The one move I would make if I were the Reds' general manager, what the Cardinals are looking to do this offseason, and we're going to talk about the lockout today. That's all coming up here on the Locked on Reds podcast as we cross over one more time. This is the conclusion of my conversation with Lucas Smith from Locked on Cardinals. You are locked on Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked
1: On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: I found the Locked On Reds podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr, Superfan, fan and addict of the Cincinnati Reds. I've turned my addiction into information for you. Today's the conclusion of the Locked On Reds and Cardinals crossover. Lucas and I talked a lot about the Hall of Fame yesterday, talked a lot about Scott Rowland. Today, we're going to shift focus to both of our team's perceived plans for this offseason, and we look ahead at the looming lockout. So without further ado, let's jump back into my conversation with Lucas Smith from Locked On Cardinals.
1: Still the offseason, baseball is still operating in regular circumstances as of right now, Pending lockout seems to be all, all what people can talk about. But um, you're not wearing any Reds gear. And we talked about this off-air about why. Why don't you tell some of my listeners, my watchers, uh, why you're not wearing any Reds gear and give us an update on the Reds offseason.
0: So it's something we've been talking about quite a bit on On Reds. The Reds ownership, and, and it's coming through the general manager and the different interviews he's had with the press ever since the season ended they have mandated almost day one of the off season that they are realigning payroll with their budget. They are not worried about the holes in the roster. They are not worried about how they can improve and make the playoffs next year. They are worried about the dollar signs and how much people are getting paid. You saw that with Tucker Barnhart being traded to the Detroit Tigers to avoid even the buyout on his contract, They traded him to the Tigers and the Tigers picked up the option and to Tucker's credit speaks to how good he's been. The Tigers are exploring options for extending his contract. So I was happy to hear about that. And then Wade Miley was given away. They literally put him on waivers. They didn't want to trade or reports where they tried to trade him but I don't know why you can't pick up a $10 million option and then trade him during spring training or something like that. I mean, he was awesome mm-hmm. last year. He was statistically, arguably, the Reds' best pitcher. And they're like, no, we don't want to pay him $10 million. We don't even want to pay him the $1 million to buy out his contract option. We're going to put him on waivers and see if anybody's interested. Ironically enough, the Cubs were interested. So now he's pitching for a division rifle. The Reds have been ridiculously cheap in this regard. And because of that, I said that I would boycott wearing any Reds gear. And it's been about two, maybe three weeks now. It's kind of hard to tell, but I have not worn a Reds hat. I have not worn a Reds t-shirt. I am waiting until they actually make a move that makes them better for next year. If they bring back Nick Castellanos, that chance. If they actually add somebody to try and replace the production that Nick Castellanos is leaving the void of in right field, that would be nice. Then I will continue, I will re. Uh, restart wearing my reds gear
1: yeah well the, the cardinals have made a couple signings uh, obviously that they, they started the offseason by re-signing or not even, before the offseason even started they've re-signed adam wainwright yadder molina uh, so they will continue to haunt your nightmares for another year jeff uh, sorry to say of course uh, <laughs> as they uh, well, uh molina likely... was, oh
0: no that's that's this coming year he's doing the farewell tour i was trying to right
1: think, yeah oh, uh, they, they've said that they're they're retiring but Lord knows if Gadiel Molina will ever retire, and Adam Wainwright has a spot in just about any broadcast booth in the country waiting for him. Because yeah. oh my goodness, is he a good color commentator? Loved watching him, ironically enough, do the White Sox and Astros uh, AL ALDS this season. Um, so they made those moves. They re-signed T.J. McFarland, left-handed pitcher that they acquired middle of the season as a um, double-play machine, uh, looking to re-sign Solid. Luis Garcia, yeah. yeah, as well. Those two guys really saved the bullpen. Man, I've been talking about this. Uh, recently unlocked on Cardinals that, you know, when, when the big three of Genesis Cabrera, Giovanni Gallegos and Alex Reyes kind of got overused and taxed, the, these two guys are brought in as kind of no name pieces and they turn this bullpen around because instead of having one, maybe two guys every other night, you had two to three, you know, three to four options of, of guys you could go to. So I think Luis Garcia should be at top priority. He, he might cost you $5 million, but without that signing the Cardinals have anywhere from 30 to $35 million to play around in payroll. Um, as of this recording, they have not signed Stephen Matz, although Stephen Matz is expected to announce his decision by Thanksgiving, according to reports by John Heyman. And the Cardinals are one of, I believe, eight teams in on Stephen Matz, who could have yes. Stephen Matz. Marcus Stroman is also um, linked to the Cardinals. Cardinals Twitter has gone bananas and wanting Marcus Stroman. I think they got Marcus Stroman and St. Louis Cardinals trending on Twitter yesterday. Uh, that, that's how um, that's how much they want Marcus Stroman. So, uh, hoping if Stephen Matz is signed and Marcus Stroman is not Cardinals Twitter might go a little bit different direction, but th- th- there are three ways for, for me that the Cardinals can, can improve their team shortstop. If they don't want to go the direction of Paul Dieng and Amundo Sosa, Trevor Story would be a nice cheap option. Given the market starting pitching Marcus Stroman, Stephen Matz, as I've talked about, or the bullpen, um, Luis Garcia would be a nice, um, re if you will. Uh, Lars Nupar, absolutely tore it up in the Arizona fall league. So you feel good about him as a fourth outfielder, uh, but th- th- this pitching staff was tested in 2021 without Adam Wainwright. This team does not sniff the postseason um, because of all the he injuries they dealt with yeah. and lack of performance. I'm not trying to just place the injuries as an, an excuse that the starting pitching also underperformed. So I think that starting pitching will be item number one. Uh, it, I would like to see them be aggressive and go for Trevor story. I think that would be a nice reunion between him and Nolan Arenado. Paul Holden of Locked on Rockies might actually kill me if that happens. Uh, um, <laughs> take that, Arenado and him. Yeah, that'd be Yeah, um, that, that would be unfortunate for him. But I do think that it's interesting to see where the Cardinals go because they're gonna spend the money. They said they're gonna spend money. It might take a while. Well, John Moselak, like president of baseball operations, said it it's going it might be you know, a patient offseason, but they, they've got money to spend. They're no longer paying Matt Carpenter, Dexter Fowler, Carlos Martinez, Andrew Miller, all off the payroll. They all did. They did fine. Matt Carpenter had a tremendous Cardinal career, so that money is gone. They've got money to spend, and unlike the Reds, they are not realigning their budget. Uh, the, the, the Cardinals, if they don't make a, an off-season uh, splash, if you will, and I would consider any of the people that I've mentioned—Story, Matt, Stroman, Stroman, and Story—more so possibly. If they sign any of those, I would consider that a splash. And if a free agent signing does not happen in this off-season, uh, color me shocked because I, I think the Cardinals are ready to win. They got a new manager. Uh, not, not, not that they haven't even been winning because they've been winning, but they're ready to take that next step and go for a championship rather than a, a postseason run or a wild card berth.
0: I want you to dive into a built bar. Look, it's Thanksgiving season, and I know that we're going to be eating so much food. Calories don't count because it's a holiday and things like that, but. If you want a little bit of a healthy break, maybe you're tired of eating so much pumpkin pie reach for a built bar built bar is the amazing protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. You're going to think that you're eating something sweet and something delicious and tasty because it is, but it's also healthy for you. We're talking like up to 180 calories, up to 18 grams of protein, less than four grams of sugar and less than four grams of fat built bar is amazing. And you can get a great deal on a built bar today by going to built.com and using the promo code locked15 to save 15% off your next order. Built bar's got amazing flavors that keep rotating in and out, and all throughout the month of November, they're having a special amount of limited time flavors. And for this Friday, Black Friday, some great sales coming up. Check them out at built.com and. When you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. That's built.com and the promo code LOCKED15. Yeah, and it's, it's funny you mentioned Stroman. He he had a really nice performance against the Reds when the Mets played the Reds earlier uh, Yeah, last season. So I'd hate to see that on a regular. Uh, but you mentioned Mike Schilt, and that was something I wanted to talk to you about because I, I yeah. thought it was ironic and I know that, you know, we had talked during the season at multiple times, and I know that you were very unimpressed with Schilt, but I thought it was ironic that he was on the list for manager of the year. And the Cardinals like were like, nah, we don't want him. Like, I, I just, I, I thought it was crazy. And there were so many people, so, so many Reds fans that looked at what the Cardinals did and that crazy win streak, and they made the playoffs, and they moved on from their manager. And then they looked at what the Reds did and the crazy collapse, and they missed the playoffs, and we extended our manager, like, what's happening here? Like, how did you perceive all of that? If, if I
1: said this phrase once, I said it four dozen times. Philosophical differences. That, that was the reasoning <laughs> behind John Mozeylock yeah. dismissing Mike Schilt. And what's crazy, too, Mike Schilt earned manager of the year votes in 2018. He won it in 2019. He received votes in 2020. And as you mentioned, he was a finalist in 2021. And in 2018, he managed the team for the second half. That mm-hmm. was it. He was winning. What was it that the prettiest of baseball was the most exciting Ron Washington with his, you know, start, win that mill at third base exciting, maybe not, but he was winning. He made a deep postseason run in 2019, 2020, any team who made the playoffs deserved recognition, especially the Cardinals because of what they went through with COVID and the double headers and et cetera. Right. And the winning streak, as you mentioned, it came as a shock that day. I, 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 I just finished recording the podcast for that day because the news broke in the morning. And I, I hit end record, and I looked at my phone. I had three missed phone calls from my mother, and Twitter was going nuts. I didn't understand it because Mike Schultz had been winning. He wasn't the most popular with the, with the fan base, and you know, you, you, John Mozellik did not fire Mike Schultz because the fan base didn't like him. <laughs> but I'm just saying that for 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 some context, right. Oliver Mar- Marmol could make or break John Mozellik's career. As as the Cardinals president of baseball ops, because this is the third man that John Mozeliak has practically handpicked to do the job. He hired Mike Matheny. He promoted Mike. He promoted Mike Schilt after Matheny got fired, and that was a just that was you could easily justify that firing. By the way, right. And then he now he has handpicked Oliver Marmol after firing Mike Schilt. Bill Dewitt said it was a difference between Mike Schilt and Mozeliak's camp, kind of you know dusting his hands clean of any of any of anything.
0: I'm like picturing oh, Moneyball whenever Art uh, Art Howe is just refusing to set the lineup that Billy Bean wants. Yeah. Is that kind of like <laughs> what you're thinking too?
1: A little bit, but I think that, and again, this could be me you know, biting at the bait that John Moselec has let out. At least he has said that moving forward, managers will have autonomy. The manager will have autonomy. He has sold me on Oliver Marmol. Plain and simple. I, I, I'm I really excited about the Oliver Marmol signing. I'm really excited about the Skip Schumacher as bench coach, former Cardinal, um, as well with, with the rally squirrel in NLDS with his batting glove routine, ritual, and everything of that nature. Um, so I'm excited for this coaching staff. You mentioned that I wasn't a fan of Mike Schilt. I was probably one of the more positive Mike Schilt defenders around. Okay. And what was I a huge fan of him? No, I'm not trying to just say you're wrong. But I will say that I defended him more than probably the average Cardinal follower did. So I think that it definitely came as a shock to me. I, I am look, looking forward to what Oliver Marmola does. Uh, it, it was weird to me, too, that you know if, if Schilt was let go for philosophical differences, then you hire his bench coach, which likely will have very similar philosophies <laughs> to him. But you also never know. Coaches stay together a long time and could disagree on, on key things, butt heads on one thing. So I, I don't know. Um, but it, it was a shock, to, to to say it plainly. And I do not think Mike Schilt has done in baseball. He's going to find a job. He's a smart guy. He's been around the game a long time. Uh, it was just unfortunate to see his Cardinal career come to an end like that after being with the organization for 15-plus years and working his way up. Uh, basically, a Brian Snitker, uh, much shorter amount of time and without the cherry on top of a World Series trophy. True.
0: I must. That was probably just one conversation. I was cherry picking a little bit there, but uh, no. Like you're right. Like uh,
1: like his bullpen decisions left a lot to be desired. His lineup construction was either the same for too long or too sporadic. And again, it's I'm not getting paid to do it, so it might be a little easier for me to critique. But um, I'm excited for Oliver Um, Marmol. But I have a question for you. So Jeff Carr, you are GM of the Cincinnati Reds. You get to make one move: trade, free agent signing, firing, whatever. One move, um, what what move are you making?
0: I think the obvious answer, and it's what I would still do. Like I'd I'd like to say that I could think of something crazy and pull it out of a hat, and people be like, "Wow, I didn't think of that. That'd be a great idea." Resign Nick Castellanos. Like if if you bring good if, move. you bring back Nick Castellanos, I think you're still looking at a team that. Yeah, it's got holes. It's got some pieces that really need figured out. And I read something the other day that said that they are uh, considering doing uh, the same thing that they did to fill out the bullpen this past year. And as any NL Central foe will know, that certainly worked for them, not for the Reds. Uh, so I don't know. It's not going to fix all ales, but it will certainly revamp a fan base that is absolutely... I mean, so far as my money is concerned, this is the lowest the fan base has ever been. Like, Really? Everyone is looking at this team and thinking there's no reason to have expectations for them because they are telling us not to have expectations for them. They are telling us they are more worried than their QuickBooks, than they are about the win-loss total that they're going to have next year. And there's rumors about Castillo, and there's rumors about Sonny Gray, and very quiet rumors, and I don't think this would happen, but rumors about Tyler Malley. Guys like that being traded to almost reset some things. And if you trade one or both of Castillo and Gray, you can forget about contention next year. The Reds are going to come in fourth. Uh, as the team is right now, they can be a plucky team that sort of fights there in the middle of the NL central and who knows, maybe they catch fire and fight for a wild card. Maybe that's, that's a big stretch at this point, but the one move that I would make is to be bring back Nick Castellanos because you can sell the fan base on having him on the team.
1: Yeah, I think that's definitely the the clearer move, but it's clear and obvious because it's the right move, in my opinion. So I would agree with you there. I, just a quick question, and you can give a quick answer if you want. You mentioned signing somebody to replace Nick Castellanos if he does leave, which I've seen reports of Miami being a fit for him, which is kind of surprising to me. But what are your thoughts on, on a Jock Peterson signing? free agent did a really nice job with Chicago and Atlanta, World Series champion. I would love to see – no, I wouldn't love to see it from a Cardinal perspective, but I think a Reds fan would be impressed to see that that short portion right field when that left-handed bat.
0: I would love to see it. It's funny because I have memories of Jock Peterson at Grand American Ballpark because I was at the Home Run Derby in 2015 whenever yeah. Todd Frazier beat him there in the final. Um, I I would love to see it. The one question I would have about that, though, is I know that you know he's a lefty. The biggest problem that the Reds had last year is you put a left-handed pitcher on the mound, you're going to shut down their lineup. They have to, if, if they were thinking of improving at all, in any way, shape, or form this offseason, they have to improve against left-handed pitching. And I don't know – I haven't looked at his splits, but I don't know what his splits are against left-handed pitching. So I Mm -hmm. think that that would still remain a weakness even if they bring him in. And Castellanos was actually an exception to that rule for the Reds' lineup of being able to hit left-handed pitching. So I, I would love to see it because Jacques Peterson is an exciting player. Um but I wonder how much he would cost. And I don't know that he would fix that hole.
1: Yeah, well, you mentioned being bad against left-handed pitching. The Cardinals currently have 4 to 5, 4 to 6 starters lined up for next season that are right-handed. So, we'll see how that goes that's with the Cardinals' thing. starting rotation. <laughs> what do you say?
0: that's a, that's a good thing. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's great. That's just
0: solid. Um I want to tell you about betonline.ag. You can make some cash off your sports knowledge today at betonline.ag. Go there, set up your profile, type in the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get an extra 50% on your initial deposit, it'll it'll add on, and so your bankroll begins even bigger. Go to betonline.ag today. Check out their brand-new interface that's been revamped for basketball season. As college basketball is underway, we had number one versus number two last night in Gonzaga and UCLA. Uh, Gonzaga just absolutely wiped the floor with UCLA. That sucks for Mick Cronin, but it's going to be a great season of betting for basketball, and for football as that continues on. You've also got the NHL, you've got MMA, you've got boxing, and you've got your favorite Vegas casino games. Check them out today at betonline.ag. And when you set up your profile there, remember to type in the promo code LOCKEDON to take advantage of that 50% welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag. That's where the game starts.
1: It was announced on Wednesday night that, that you mentioned before we went on that the, um, the deadline to tender someone's contract has been moved up because of an impending lockout, um, an impending work stoppage um, coming on December 1st and 2nd. Um, I, I just don't see anything getting done before then. Um, I don't know how long the stoppage is going to be. Do you have any different thoughts, any additional thoughts? That, that, that deadline being moved up to me is a clear tell sign that it's not happening by, by that deadline.
0: Yeah, they, they might as well just have come out and said, there ain't no deal getting done. We're starting the lockout December 2nd because if right. you're going to go to the lengths that they're going to to move up that deadline, that's an important deadline. There's um, right. Basically, they even said in the ESPN article that I read about it is that they didn't want players who weren't sure if they were going to get tendered or not to be in limbo during the lockout. So this lockout is right. probably going to last a few months, and it's going to be a situation where – they didn't want those guys being forced to either figure out if they're getting tender to contract or if they were not tender to contract, be a free agent and find somewhere else to play in about a month of time before spring training would start. I, I said right. and, and this'll this will come out um tomorrow, but there's a podcast that's coming out with uh, Jason Burke from Lockdown A's, Bryce Pat- Patrick from uh, Lockdown Rangers, and Ethan Smith from Lockdown Pirates and myself where we talk about a bunch of different stuff. And one of the things we talked about was the lockout and they said, all right, gun to your head. How long do you think it's going to last? When's it going to end? And I said, February 2nd, I think groundhog day is probably when we get a resolution to all of this, but I I think there's going to be some time because when the owners came out and said war based arbitration, I was like, Oh boy, they are far apart on any sort of deal because there's no way a player is going to agree to that.
1: Yeah. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. (laughs) No, I, I it, it's unfortunate because to to me what what was the design first was something, and again I'm not trying to be like I predicted, it, but it was, well, a lot of people thought this. Um, it was 2020 COVID a short season right? The debate they were having, the player association and the union, it was not about player safety. It was not about health. It was not about protocol. It was about how much money am I going to get? How much money? What what's the pro rated salary actually mean? Like, where's the money going? What's the revenue going? Teams, how much money am I losing because of this? That's when I think a lot of people start to realize they are really far apart. A really crucial time in these negotiations. This lockout is coming. I'm being optimistic. I'm going to say I'm going to pull a date out of thin air. I'm going to go January 17th. Okay. That's okay. not a birthday. That's not an anniversary. I saw it in January, and I thought seventeen, so I said it. Uh, January 17th. I think that that's how long the lockout lasts. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's shorter, but we will, we'll we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, it, it's a sad thing because I think baseball, if it's marketed right, could really do some wonderful things right now. It's unfortunate that a lockout is, is pending.
0: Now, it's funny you mention that. January 17th is Martin Luther King Day. There you
1: go. Wow. Okay. Uh, Maybe he liked baseball. I don't know. Uh, (laughs)
0: Subliminally. Yeah. 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 I, I I think it's going to be, there's definitely going to be lots that comes out of this. Like we said, the DH is coming. Um, We're probably going to see expanded playoffs in some way. Um, I don't know how much more radical it might get than that. I think that the salary structure is going to change in some way. I don't know if there's going to be a salary cap. I know that they've been fighting for that. The the owners have been trying to f- trying to finagle that in there somehow, but I and I'm sure Lucas, you've said something to this effect. At the end of the day, we're going to be talking about all this. We're going to give our opinions on things. We're going to give our angles on how we see these different updates of the CBA and things that they're negotiating. At the end of the day, we just want baseball and i really exactly. hope that there's not going to be a delay because i've heard i've heard everything i've heard somebody say it's going to get delayed we're not going to see baseball till may i heard somebody say there's not going to be a lockout so obviously that's not going to happen but yeah, uh, i like to know who
1: they're talking to right <laughs> i'm like mm,
0: that might have been down the street at the local bar but uh yeah no. <laughs> it, it's it, it's going to be it's going to be weird, and the unfortunate thing is baseball is in a position, Major League Baseball is in a position right now where they're the clear third biggest major league or professional sport. Oh, without a doubt. And they're going to risk a lot more damage to their sport if this lockout lasts any kind of long and forces a delay in the season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that the, you know, and again, both parties probably are going to say this, nobody wants a delay to delay the season. Nobody wants a delay to spring training. Nobody wants a delay to pitchers and catchers reporting. Nobody wants a delay. Now, how willing are you to go? How willing is the players union to to bend on their request to make that happen? And vice versa. How willing is, is, are the owners willing to bend? Say, okay, you can have this so we don't have a delay. How important is that really versus how important is you getting your money? Uh, I think that the, 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 these contracts that we're seeing, the Wander Francos, the Fernando Tatis, these 10-plus-year contracts, and in Franco's case, pretty cheap for what he's projected to do at the major league level, uh, that, that could definitely be something that, that is brought up in terms of contract structure. I think a salary floor and a sal- or, and or a salary cap will be talked about um, definitely the the level of competitiveness, competitiveness across major league baseball is going to be talked about because i know you want more competitive baseball in cincinnati i know ethan smith the Locked john pirates wants more competitive baseball in pittsburgh yep. uh, i just think that there are a lot of problems and not that they're all going to get solved and not that they all need to all get solved in the new cba but more problems need to be addressed than there are currently ones being addressed and it, it's just unfortunate that we're, we're at this point and that we're pushing the deadline and Yeah, I I agree. I just don't think that there's anything that is going to happen in the next two plus weeks, give or take two, two weeks and four days, two two weeks and two days, (laughs) depending on when you're listening to this, um, that that's going to result in a, in an agreement by that date.
0: That's why it's one of those things that with this being Thanksgiving, it's like, what are we thankful for in baseball? Well, we're thankful for this. We're thankful for that. But in the back of our minds, we're like, There's this stupid thing coming up that it's going to be, it's going to be interesting how everything gets navigated. It's, uh, it's not going to look pretty at all.
1: Nope. Uh, Hopefully we'll have brighter conversations ahead.
0: And I hope that's coming up here soon. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours from me and mine here at the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. I'm very thankful for each and every one of you that listens to the podcast as we head into this offseason and as we get into the lockout and things coming up, we're going to have so much more content. Make sure that you are subscribed right here on your favorite podcasting app or follow me on YouTube as well. You can also follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three. F's and follow the show at locked on reds, but that's going to do it for us here today. Hope you guys have a great turkey day with the family, eating too much food, watching too much football, taking too many naps, all the great stuff that comes with Thanksgiving. And I will talk to each and every one of you tomorrow. We've got a special podcast tomorrow and you're not going to want to miss it. It might be the offseason, but we're locked on reds every single day.